Okay, people, we are back. We are live. Bit Arrivals podcast episode eight. And the title for this one is Sierra R Football. So we'll be talking about the Sierra R Football. If you don't know what that is, that's Italian football. And we will re- review the Premier League fixtures over the weekend um, and go over the predicted results and who is where in the leader table at the moment for week seven of the Premier League. Um, I'm your boy, uh, Luciano, a.k.a. Luke, or Luke, a.k.a. Luciano, whichever one. And with me is... Alan, also known as Alan. And uh, yeah, man, smash this podcast. Of course. Let's get started. Mm. So we're going to review it. So right now, it's been a mixed... It was a mixed uh, weekend for us all. You know, we did Mm. get a few... uh, correct results um it's and uh, we did guess uh the correct teams um but you know there were some nearly misses as well um mm. so so yeah so i'll um obviously as normal i will go through my team um in terms of the match and obviously you'll talk about your team and you know if there's a match that stood out for you that you would like to discuss then obviously we will discuss it. So um, in terms of the matches, I'll refresh everyone's memory over the matches over the weekend. So it was Wolves versus Crystal Palace, Sheffield versus Man City, Burnley versus Chelsea, Liverpool versus West Ham, which obviously I will discuss, Aston Villa versus Southampton, Newcastle versus Everton, United versus Arsenal, which is the one Alan will discuss uh, Spurs versus Brighton, Fulham versus West Brom. I want to talk about that match. Uh, Leeds versus Leicester. Okay, so that's the matches that took place. In regards to the predictions, um, I predicted 2 1 to Crystal Palace. Um, Margie picked 2 1 to Wolves. Um, Chins picked 2-0 uh, to Wolves and Allen picked 2-0 to Wolves. So um, Allen and Chins got this one correct. Yeah, um, baby. I'll be honest with you, I picked Crystal Palace just because um, Wolves is quite inconsistent at the moment. Um, mm. They only turn up in second half and they haven't really been turning up in the first half. Um, and Palace... You know, when you have Wolfred Zaha in your team, you know, that could always take you, um, you know, it, you could always win a game um, just like that. Um, they have won their last couple games on the spin as well, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and Wolves has struggled in terms of uh, winning games. Um, obviously, in the second half, later on in the second half, they've turned it on. But I just thought Palace just had enough. Um, but obviously, yeah, I was wrong. Um, so, well done to you, Alan. What what made you uh, go for the the Wolves two 0 win? I thought I, I feel like they don't let in that many goals. Maybe an odd one nil and stuff like that. Um, and they normally, like we've said uh, a lot in this um, on this podcast, that they 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 come on near the end, like right near the end, and they'll come on. And I just thought they had a bit more, a bit more. Um, a bit more talent or just overall 
um, amazing players than Wolves and then uh, Crystal Palace did. So I thought they'd nick it maybe 2 0, 1 0, but I went with 2 0, uh, thinking that Jimenez was going to be on form, at least on one of those goals, but he wasn't involved in any of it. But um, He wasn't, yeah. No, no. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I thought. Okay, so then um, the next one was Sheffield um, versus uh, Man City. So the scoreline for that was 1-0 to Man City. Um, mm. I predicted 3-1 to City. Um, Margie predicted 3-0. Um, Chins predicted 3-0. You predicted 1-1. So me, Chins and Margie all guessed that City would win. Yeah. But you predicted a draw. Yeah. Um, so why did you predict a draw? I thought, you know what, I just feel like, and this just has proved it so far, and this is going to be interesting when they play you guys, especially the form you guys are coming off this game, the game you guys are playing now. Man City just have seemed to have lost their firepower. Do you know I, mean? I remember last season, the season before, they could easily bang out four or five, four or five goals, but now they've just looked like they're just failing to get that final finish. So I'm not too sure what, what they're lacking at the moment. Um but yeah, it looks like I think their last few games they've just won by one nil mm-hmm. or two one one goal margins at the moment. And I thought to myself, you know what? And we've said this a lot when we watch football. If you don't finish off your if you don't finish off your shots properly or you don't take your chances, you will get punished. And with a decent team, they could easily get back come back at you. I think we saw that with Bayern Munich. I mean Bayern Munich won that game, but yeah. I mean uh, you know what I mean they didn't take that no, it was um it was Lokomotiv who didn't take their chances, who could have beaten Bayern Munich last week. And obviously they didn't take it and Bayern Munich came back. And I thought Sheffield United potentially could do it. So I thought maybe uh, 1-1. That's why I was saying. But yeah, man, it's pretty close. I reckon next week's prediction against you guys, I reckon I'll probably be giving it to you guys. And I don't see Man City scoring that much. And if they do, I might see it as a 2-1. But we'll talk about that on Thursday. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, apologies, people. Uh, Liverpool are playing in the background. So, obviously, my eyes is going to be wondering. Um, if you don't know, that we are winning 5-0. This is a walkover right now. Um, but, yeah, so um, I went for a City win um, just because uh, I knew City would win. I do agree with Alan in the sense where they aren't actually performing to their best um, and they are struggling in terms of firepower. Um, but I just thought because it's City and, you know, not to toot Liverpool's horn, but obviously I would like to, but both clubs, when they're not performing well, they've still managed to, you know, get a result. Like you said, they've been getting 1-0 victories yeah. or just 1-0 margins. Um, so I just saw it as, you know what, Man City could potentially win this. Um, I picked 3-1 just because Sheffield are really struggling right now. Um, I don't know what's happened to them. Maybe the loss of Dean Henderson, um, who yeah. was very vital to them for two years. Uh, maybe that's the reason why their their form is dipping. Mm. Um, I don't want to, you know, be negative to their current goalkeeper, but, you know, maybe the relationship that they've built with Dean Henderson just um, was is the reason why they managed to keep so many clean sheets. And, you know, they trusted Dean Henderson. I don't know if they trust the current guy that they have now. 
Um, and he Ramsey, wasn't, yeah. Ramsdale. Yeah, he wasn't really the best yeah. at Bournemouth. Um, no. So, you know, that might be the reason why. I don't know. Yeah. No, I um, completely agree. When I, watched, uh, when I watched the end part of the last season and I saw uh, him in Bournemouth, I was just, when, I, when I saw him in Bournemouth, I was just like, oh, mate, he's just making too many mistakes. Letting goals in, think he, I think he could do better. And then when Sheffield United bought him, I was like, really? This guy after Dean Henderson? So, mate, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, he's a decent goalkeeper, but I just don't know, man. Coming, following up Dean Henderson is a it's a tough role, especially. He is a tough role. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I would have done a side note, but I would have done a straight swap. You know, Dean Henderson out, maybe Sergio Romero in, mate. Yeah. And, or maybe even uh, Martinez from Arsenal. Maybe they could have gone after him. Yeah. Someone more assured and solid in the Premier League right now. Um, mm. To go for someone that got the team relegated, he didn't single-handedly get the team relegated, but you know he was part of the relegated team. So yeah. to go for someone that is a part of a relegated team, you know, it, it just didn't make sense to yeah, me. But no. you know, obviously, yeah, um, fair play to Sheffield. They managed to um, bridge the gap to you know uh, a one-nil um, for Man City, um, which is good. Um, so then the next one is Burnley at Chelsea. Um and that result was uh three nil. So I predicted three one. Um Margie predicted two nil, obviously that's his team. Uh Chins predicted three nil and you predicted two nil. I am so annoyed mm. that Burnley did not score because if he did, I would have got the points in the bag for that one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Burnley didn't score. I'm so gutted. Fair play to Chins for predicting that one correct. So he got mm. um three nil. Um, the next match is uh, Liverpool and West Ham. Um, I predicted two nil. Um, Marju predicted two one. Uh, Chins predicted a draw two two. And Alan, you predicted 2-1. Um, that match for me, again, uh, I haven't really gone on a, a huge rant. Um, and the only rants that I have been doing is VAR. And this is practically the exact same one today. VAR, again, screwed Liverpool. Um, the Jota goal should have stood. Um mm. And I've watched it countless of times where Mane goes in to try to get the ball. Um, he tries to score and the goalkeeper obviously may or may not have touched it. I don't know. And then obviously Jota's coming from the back to score. Now for me, I've seen plenty of goals given whereby a player dives in to try to win the ball. And obviously... Um, he gets the ball, but he also gets the goalkeeper. Now, for me, I don't understand why that goal wasn't given. Just because the goalkeeper could have gotten down and then reacted to get the ball again. But he mm. didn't. The ball was going towards his hands anyway. And if you see, it looks like he actually does touch the ball. So... I'm surprised as to why the goal wasn't given. 
okay, yeah, draw, I managed to be vindicated and, and, and get the goal anyway. But again, to me, that's another decision that's been chalked off due to VAR again. Um, I don't want to keep going on about it, but, you know, something must be done. Um, there's been so many um, penalty decisions that's happened, mm. and I want to get to one of them as well. But there's been so many penalty decisions that's happened throughout the weekend. And again, I can't blame VAR. I have to blame the person utilising it. I just don't think they're using it correctly. Um, mm. But with that being said, the match was good. Um, the the penalty, um, or the goal, I should say, that West Ham scored was due to Goldman's mistake. He didn't clear it. Um but I want to have a, a special shout-out to Nathan Phillips, um, you know, getting his Premier League debut. Um, he's been loaned all over the place, um, but he managed to get his chance and he seized his chance. And to be honest with you, he looked like a player that has played for us for a very long time. Um, he looked much better than Gomez, not to say that Gomez didn't do well, but he looked better than Gomez um, on that day. Um, he marshalled Haller. Um, Haller didn't get a sniff. Um, and yeah, we managed to minimalise any, you know, uh, attacking threat that was uh, going to happen in our box. Um, maybe things would have been different if Mikel Antonio was there. But, you know, that that's hypothetics. But, you know, fair play to the boys for getting a job done. Um and fair play to you and uh, Margie for predicting 2-1. I honestly thought that uh, Liverpool would be able to shut out West Ham just because Mikel Antonio wasn't around. Um, yeah. But fair play to you, Mar um, Alan. You, you got the 2-1. Nice. <laughs> I originally was going to put 2-0 for that one because I thought, again, similar to yourself, no Antonio, Alisson's back. But um, I was uh, when I was making that decision, I was with a couple of guys and they were like, you might want to put 2-1. So I was like, you know what? I'll put 2-1. I'll listen to you guys. So, yeah, shout out to uh, Chris and Jack if they're listening, which you should be. Hopefully you guys are listening. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is uh, Aston Villa and Southampton. So yeah. this one ended uh, for free. Now, myself, Marjub and you did a draw, 1-1 yeah. and 2-2 respectively. And Chins did 1-0 to Southampton, so he gets the point for that. Now, I thought this match was going to be a snooze fest. And Same. I think we pretty much all agreed that's why we put a draw. Mm. Um, but it wasn't a snooze fest. <laughs> Mate, the b amount of banging goals in this game was mad. Like, uh, who is it? Um, uh, the guy who takes the free kick. Some, uh, um, James Ward-Prowse. Ward James, James, that's it, James Ward-Prowse. Mate, he can hit a free kick, he man. Really he really can, fuck, man. man. Um, Jack, Jack Grealish did a banging goal from outside the box. Tight space, but, mate, all around really good football, really good goals, man. Really happy. With it that was. Game. Um, I've always said, like, watching James Ward-Prowse over the years since Southampton's mm. been in the Prem, I've always said that's a player I would have liked to have seen at United. I think yeah. he's a he's a good United player. Um but no big clubs have ever gone after him, and I've never no. understood why. 
Um, he's good. He's a good set piece taker. He's a good set piece specialist. Mm. In terms of passing, he's not bad. Never really seen him do a, a long ball, a long peg. Mm. But in terms of keeping it tight, keeping possession, his short passing is quite good. Um, he's got captive material. About I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. He looks um, like a leader, man. He does look like a leader. He looks like yeah. a good, just a solid midfielder. So mm. I'm really surprised no one's gone after him. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, yeah, fair play to Southampton for for um, getting a 4-3. Um, special mention to Danny Ings. Um, really gutted and feel sorry for him um, in regards to that injury. Um, that's the third time he's uh, ruptured an ACL injury in his oh, knee. Oh, both both knees have been well. The right knee has been brutalized twice, and that was at Liverpool, um, which kept him out for a very long time. Yeah, ACL uh, injuries, man. You're not coming back soon. Yeah, yeah. and um, obviously, yeah, he's he's got another one again, a third one to the same knee again. Oh, so um, yeah, man, I feel it for him because he really was um, hitting his stride. Uh, yeah, he was, he, he was doing a lot for them, and you know that's one player that I've I've, I've always had massive respect for at Liverpool. Um, I didn't think he was a good fit for Liverpool just because of the style of play, but I've always known that he had it. Um, he just needed to be at a club that would utilize him correctly, and Southampton yeah. was that team. But yeah, man, I hope he gets well soon. Um, Same. So yeah, next one was uh, Newcastle Everton. Um, the result for that was Newcastle two one. Surprisingly, Mate. um, none of us picked Newcastle. None mm. of us. Uh, we all backed Everton. Um, and you know it's it's self-explanatory as to why we would pick Everton. You know Newcastle is yeah. not really on good form. Um, they're not really clicking. Everton has Hamas Rodriguez, who you know is has just adapted to the Premier League so well. And uh, obviously, Dominic, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is just hitting his stride as, you yeah. know, becoming one of England's top strikers right now. So, you know, it's it was it was a no-brainer for us all to pick Everton, yeah. really. Do you know what I want to say about this game was, uh, well, like, nice to see Carlo Ancelotti drop Pickford because he's clearly making too many mistakes. And, um, yeah, he... He dropped him. He said he's going to definitely play for the United game. Uh, but, um, yeah, well done for him for pick, uh, dropping him and, you know, giving someone else a chance. Um, and, but it looked like Steve Bruce got it tactically right. And, uh, yeah, man, mate, those Bournemouth boys, Callum Wilson and uh, Ryan, 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 is it Ryan Fraser? Yeah, Ryan uh, Fraser. Yeah, mate, killed it, man. Ryan Fraser came a bit later, but he assisted and Callum Wilson scored two goals. So, Callum Wilson, man, it's coming... Uh, Coming good Seems for sure. Getting a, yeah, yeah. So, um, like to see how they play next game. I wonder who, who else you possibly got next. Uh, uh, I believe. They have Southampton. That will be an interesting game. It will, because obviously be Ings game. is out now. So, yeah. The pressure's on uh, Che Adams to deliver right now. And yeah. I don't know if he's going in to deliver, to be honest. No. So, you know, that might end up being a Newcastle win, really. Yeah. Um, Pre-prediction right now. Um, but, yeah, the next one is Arsenal United. 
Arsenal won one nil, and we did not back them at no. all. Not even mm. Chins backed his own team. I think we all had like really high scores as well. Man. Yeah, I had three nil. Marjub had four nil. Chins had two nil. You had three one to United. Um, I'll be honest with you, that match was was one of the worst matches no. I've seen in my life, along with the United versus Chelsea match. That match was a poor Super Sunday. They even deserve mm. to be called a Super Sunday. Um, yeah. But I'll let you speak because that's your team and I know you've got a lot to say about your team. <laughs> Mate, it's just all depressing at the moment, man. I don't even know where to start. Um, firstly, well done to Arsenal because Arteta... Well, well done to Arteta because he just he got it tactically right in regards to what he wanted to do. And Oli just got it wrong. He didn't know how to seem to change his tactic to see and meet the situation because... <laughs> They they sat back. They played five at the back. I think well, they played the three four two three formation, which I see as five at the back, and uh, they gave us no space. Didn't give us any chance to kind of make our runs or anything. So, and um, when Oli did make his substitutes, he did it like for like. We had Matic for Fred. We had uh, Fernandez for we had Fernandez come off for. Uh, Van der Beek and Cavani came off for Greenwood, which maybe should have came a bit sooner, or maybe push Rashford to the left, have Cavani in the middle. But also Pogba just he just wasn't there. He just I don't know what's happening. I don't, I'm not too sure what he what he's missing. But we're also and we I said this last year we're lacking leader. We're lacking lots of leaders, but we should really have lots of leaders on that pitch. We should because Fernandez is a leader, Maguire is a leader, um, and uh, yeah, man. But and Pogba should be a leader, but none of those lads are showing that. It looks like they don't want to play football, and I think Roy Keane said it recently the other day, where he's just kind of like, is do they need motivation? Like, do they need them a manager to motivate them, or I don't know. Like, shouldn't you want to play for Man United and be motivated that way? And just win, you know, wanting to win. And like it, that could have easily been nil-nil, just like the Chelsea game. Uh, but Pogba obviously gave a penalty away. He spoke about it later, saying he thinks he was a bit tired and he might have just kind of couldn't. He just gave it away doing a poor tackle. Um, by the way, I also want to mention we had, I think we had five. Definitely, we definitely had five. We may have had six penalties on that kind of weekend in football. Six penalties, six out of four, five or six out of ten games. And six of them were penalties is a bit mad. And I think lots of them were soft. I think a lot of them were soft in 100%. regards to... Yeah, in regards to kind of like a striker seeing a chance for a defender kicking the ball and he just runs in front of him. Vardy does that a lot. Um, funny enough, he didn't get the penalty for this one, but Leicester did get a penalty. But um, the Newcastle one where um, Callum Wilson just ran in front of, I think it was Mina. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Mina. Yeah, Mina, yeah. He just gets kicked and then he gets a penalty. And he says it later on, yeah, I just saw the opportunity. So I'm getting ready to kick it and I ran in front of him. But um, now in regards to that thing, also what's embarrassing about that game for for United was um, we had eight shots at goal. I don't think, maybe two of them were on target. Yeah, two were on target. But four of them were from Maguire. How was half our shots done by a defender that unless unless you're one of those teams that play for the set piece do you know what I mean you wait for the set pieces and you you, you then that's when your defenders are, have high shots but we're united 
you know what I mean? We should be having Rashford should be banging in as many shots as he can. Greenwood as well. And I think Rashford, Bruno Fernandes and Greenwood all had like one shot on target, which is just not enough. And Van der Beek had one as well. And he came in for half an hour. Um, and I think you guys, we've said it recently, but I just don't think Oli knows who his best team is. I don't feel like he knows, like, this is my best eleven, And I feel like he's trying to please everyone. And in doing so, he's in he's making he's causing detriment to his kind of don't want to say career but his time at man united and we live in a time where people come and go quickly so he's got to fix up because there are talks of if he doesn't come good by january which january is around the corner um he may go and then there's pochettino coming back on the scene like you know what i mean people were hoping that pochettino after top, he left tottenham or he got sacked by tottenham i mean he would have came to United, which I think would have been a good, nice, good fit. But obviously, we had Oli at the time. In regards to that, my opinion is, for now, it can change. And I've, we said this, I said it to you privately. I'd rather keep Oli for now. Yeah. I don't like the idea and culture of just kind of getting people in and out and you constantly not maybe giving him chance. I think he's had his whole full season... This is his second full season. It is a bit of a weird time with Corona and everything and how we've tight, made tight. Um, the fixtures have been tight, but I want to keep, I want to keep him in for the meanwhile. But I mean, yeah, it, it just seems like the, the clock is ticking for Oli. And uh, if he doesn't, and I think I've read a stat where we have failed to win in our last six home games, which is, is awful. Amazing away, but last six home games is just mental, which I think I spoke to someone, um, one of our colleagues, uh, uh, Taiwo, and I told him, and I, I think we were discussing how home and away factors at the moment just doesn't really matter now that there's no fans. You know what it's I mean? And yeah, it's just, it literally is, we're travelling to play 11 against 11 guys. Um, the only time it might be a bit detrimental is if you're travelling abroad to play football then home and away does matter like in Champions League but if you're in the UK travelling to Manchester to Liverpool is like what two hour two hour train journey I don't know probably easily less than that half an hour flight on your private jet if, if you're playing a London team London London so the home and away factor at the moment it just doesn't matter and it's just sad that we we're not winning at home as well mm. but um yeah man I, i'm i'm a bit worried about everton do you know what? we'll probably kill it in the champions league but i'm a bit worried going away to everton we'll see oliver's uh ancelotti will be interesting but i mean like we'll we'll, we'll talk about the predictions of thursday but this might be the first time i might give it away to i might not back my team which is a bit depressing to think oh, about oh wow <laughs> yeah uh, wow that's huge I know for me, I went for United just off the simple fact, you know, Arsenal struggling to score and it was evident because they needed a penalty to beat you guys. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the fact that you blitzed RB Leipzig the way that you did, I just thought, you know what, you guys might be turning the corner a bit. Yeah. You know, at least found something here. He's found a gem in terms of the formation. You know, my personal opinion, the fullbacks aren't really ideal. Um, instead of playing Luke Shaw, you should be playing Alex Tellez because, you know, mm. to play a diamond, you need 
athletic fullbacks. You know, so, it would yeah, work for Liverpool because we got dynamo fullbacks. Um, but with you guys, you have defensive minded fullbacks. So yeah. you know, for me, it doesn't it doesn't really uh, make sense. But you know, it is where it is. You know, hopefully yeah. Oli does stay in the job. You know, it's good bands for us Liverpool fans. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Next, uh, next one is uh, Spurs versus Brighton. Um, so we all back Spurs. Um, I was the only one that got the Spurs result correct. So I said Spurs two one. Yeah. Um, everyone all back Spurs to win anyway. Um, Why did you think two one? <sighs> you I know think what? We, we all. I think we all betted. Not betted. Sorry. I think we all kind of predicted high scores. Was it three nil, two nil? Yeah, we... so um, Margie did 3 1, Chins did yeah. 3 0, you did 3 0. Um, yeah. I did and 2 you... 1, um, just because I knew Brighton would make it difficult for Spurs. Um, mm. Brighton's made it difficult for a lot of big teams this, this season, or just in general. Um, I, I feel like Brighton are, are like a, the Bolton of um, the Premier League, you know, they might be poor in terms of like, you know, who they might face around their their type of ability. But when yeah. it comes to the big teams, like Bolton was always a bogey team for Arsenal. I feel like Brighton is is that, that bogey team for big teams. Yeah. Um, they will always turn it on. Um, and I thought with Spurs, Spurs is having an all right season. Um, but I just saw it as, you know what, things just aren't really clicking into gear for them in the Premier League that mm. much. Um, and I just thought Mourinho right now, he's morely, he's primarily thinking about results, not really about the style of play. Because he knows this season he has to win a trophy. Yeah. And I just thought put, paying that into, putting that into to effect, I thought Spurs might just snatch this 2-1. Um, really and truly, if you think about it, it should have been a draw because the penalty that was given to Harry Kane shouldn't have been a penalty. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, was, was yeah. that was shocking by Harry Kane. You know, yeah. he backed into Lallana. He knew what Lallana was doing and he backed into him. That's dangerous. Mm. You know, the way how he landed, like you said to me privately as well, the way how he landed, he could have damaged Lallana's back. Exactly. It happens a lot in a... It ha- a I know it's a different sport, but it happens a lot in the NBA. It's what my brother tells, tells me because he watches that, is that players would jump and then some players will sometimes force that kind of movement the way Harry Kane did. And lucky for Lalana, it's kind of wet grass. But for basketball players, that's hard kind of floor. And you're landing your back on that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's not nice. And lucky for Lalana, there wasn't an injury. But you're right, there shouldn't have been a penalty. Shouldn't have been no, a penalty. It's and, poor, man. And, v, and the referee went to look at the VAR and looked at it and was like, yeah, that's a penalty. And I was like, are you watching what we're watching? Because I don't know what you're registering. He clearly looks at Lalana and looks for it because he looks at Lalana and then walks into it. So, um, no, I just thought lots of penalty decisions or well, a lot of VAR decisions this weekend were really poor. And do you know what? I feel we do repeat ourselves, but until it changes, it will be something that we always talk about is bad VAR decisions. Um, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, um, but also, uh, oh, I forgot to say, uh, Lamptey's first goal and uh, Bale's first yes. goal. Yeah. I really do like Lamptey, man. I don't know why yeah. Chelsea got rid of him. 
Um, yeah. That kid, that kid is a special talent, Mate, tell right me that. there, man. Yeah, he he is a fullback that uh, the top four clubs really need to be looking at, or Mate. top six, I should say, really yeah. need to be looking at. Um, probably not Liverpool because we're already assured with um, Trent Alexander Arnold, um, but you know maybe United could go after him because you know Wan-Bissaka is good defensively, um, but. Lamptey is good defensively and, and forward as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so, someone like him would be good. Chelsea's got Reese James, so I guess, you mm. know, they don't really need him. Tottenham, maybe Tottenham could go after him. Yeah. Um, that would be good. And maybe even uh, Arsenal, if they get rid of Bellerin, then maybe Arsenal should go after him. Yeah. Um, I did hear rumours that he might go, Bellerin. Yeah. rumours that he might go, so. I heard as well. Yeah. yeah. I heard as well. But um, apparently Lamptey's got a, a buyback clause, um, so Chelsea could uh, get first dibs on him. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we'll see how that yeah. that trans transpires. Um, so the next one, last two games was uh, Fulham versus West Brom. Um, so that one was a surprising fixture. Fulham won two nil, um, and from the looks of it, neither of us backed Fulham at all. No. I said a draw. Marju said a draw, Chin said West Brom, you said a draw. Um, to be honest with you, again, we all had the same mindset. This was going to be a snooze fest. Um, and that's the, the reason why we predicted a, a draw in that game. Um, yeah. I, I do want to highlight, though, another VAR decision, um, which cost oh. the, which ruined the game. Um Fulham uh, obviously was uh, striking the ball towards the goal, and uh, a West Brom player in the goal had his arms, you know, by his yeah. chest where the ball was coming, and he moved to the direction of where the ball was, and the ball hit his arm. To me, yeah. that's a penalty, um, but it wasn't given a penalty, mm. and I don't understand. So you know, there's so many inconsistencies when it comes to you know people deciding what a penalty is and what not is a penalty via yeah. VAR, you know, I just don't know what a penalty is anymore. Do, do you know what? It's one of those it was that it was one of those ones where the referee used this rule they used the rule of, oh, because it's within his silhouette, like it doesn't it doesn't change where whether the ball would have hit him or not. But like you said, the fact that he moves and the ball hitting your arm compared to the ball hitting your body will react differently to you. And like we said, I said to you privately that if the ball did hit him on the body, it would have went down. And I can't remember who the striker was at the Fulham, or, who, or it might not even be the striker, but there was a Fulham player there and it would have bounced nicely towards him and he would have probably had a shot on target or even a goal. But because it hits him in the arm, it deflects in a weird way, which goes away from the Fulham player. And like you said, he moved. It should have been a penalty. He clearly used his arm. Um, but it was one of those things where maybe the referee just wasn't using his common sense because... I don't think so. Yeah, he, he, yeah. It, it was just one of those things where this is the rule. I'm looking at it, and he's in a silhouette. This is it's hitting his silhouette, and it's not a penalty. And I'm like, oh, I don't understand this, man. I don't understand this. But if that was given for a penalty, which it should have, that would have been the seventh penalty out of ten games, which is um, which That's is mad. Ridiculous. That's mad. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, can't believe that. And then lastly, it was Leicester versus Leeds, and Leicester won four one. Surprisingly, mm. so I picked two two high goal scoring game two two. Marjorie picked three two. Um, Chins 
picked Leicester to win um, and you backed Leeds to win 1-0. So, yeah. Chu's got the point for that. Um, I picked 2-2 just because, you know, Leeds at the moment, again, showing inconsistency. But, mm. you know, on their day, they can beat anybody. And Leicester, I just saw it as with Vardy in the mix, you know, it will always, you know, be a game changer for them. So, yeah, I just thought, you know, I, I couldn't, I was on the fence. I couldn't pick between the two. So, you know, I just went for the easy scoreline, which was, you know, a draw. And I picked 2-2 two, because two, both teams, you know, have the ability to score against each yeah. other. Um, why did you pick 1-0 to lead store? That was quite different. I I, I kind of thought it could have been a dead game. I felt I had a feeling like it could have easily gone and been a dead game. I don't know why. So I thought I'd give it to Leeds 1-0 and yeah. uh, see how it goes. I just kind of threw that in. But um, yeah, I was wrong. Completely wrong. Vardy was on fire. And uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice, to see. nice to see, man. It's nice to see. Of course. Mm. All right, so Margie decides to join us finally. Just in time, though, for the uh, section of things. Serie A, yeah. yeah. So we're going to get into the Serie A football now. And uh, the first one that I would like to discuss um, is the Juventus sacking of Sarri. So obviously, mm. as we know, Andreas Perlo, the passing maestro, the best player to ever do it, Mm. in the DM role, the best person to, you know, oh, yes, it's offside, thank God, clean sheet. Oh. <laughs> the, best, <laughs> the best player to nail down the deep-lying playmaker role is now at the helm of Juventus. So, Sari, do you believe that Juventus sacking Sari was the right decision? And do you feel that Andreas Perlo was the right person to be a part of, you know, that team. Um, Margie, you're going to go first because you, you're arriving late. So tell us your thoughts. Uh, first of all, I'd like to apologise for being late tonight. It's the first time, so, you know, forgive me. But um, for Sari, um, I believe the reason why they, uh, they fired him is because the one thing they wanted to win was the Champions League and he didn't do well there, so... For me and Juventus, I feel like it was the right decision because his style of football doesn't really work in in those cup competitions, and I feel like that's the re, the re, the big thing they wanted to win. And the fact that they didn't get far enough in in the board's opinion, it makes sense why they let him go. And especially even if you look at Serie A like last season, it was close. It was closer than it has been in terms of points. Uh, they nearly even lost it, to be honest, because of the way um, Conte brought up Inter and the way they were playing as well. So I feel like Sorry Ball in 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 you and a big team doesn't work. I feel like Sorry Ball's for the team where where you're the underdog, where you're where you're the minuscule team. That's why it works so well with Napoli, and I think that's why it failed with. Uh, well, it worked well actually to a certain extent with Chelsea as well because we were underdogs in many games. That's why he won the, the Europa League with us. So the fact is, yeah, I think it's just a style that just works with smaller, like smaller teams against against the favourite. So that's why we beat Arsenal in the Europa League final because they were the favourites and we played as like the underdog team 
trying to fight against them. And I think for Juventus, they need a style of football that that they're on the front foot, that they're the ones, you know, making things happen. And his football's too side to side for my liking. Like, instead of going forward, he's more likely to put it to the side and recycle it back rather than pushing forward. And Juventus don't like that. They they want to see, see their team attack, 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 and be relentless. And I feel like that plus, I think some of the players probably didn't like the style of football. That's probably a big factor nowadays as well. So I feel like, if some of the players even spoke to the management and said, oh, I, I don't like this guy and stuff like that, even if, a, if Cristiano himself didn't like the style of football, then um, it would have been a, a, a issue that is beyond Sarri's control. So sometimes the players are more important than the manager. Mm. What's yeah, your thoughts, Alan? Yeah, I don't know, man. I just... I'm, I'm not a big fan of just kind of like... He had one season there and uh after a f- what a few poor runs near the end which yeah like marjorie said it was close as uh i mean they've won the league nine years in a row now but this was probably one where it was super close because i think they just won it one point in front of inter um but no i didn't i don't know i think i, didn't think, I think juventus was just looking for a scapegoat and they chose to sack um saxari saxari and uh, um i didn't think it was fair i didn't think it was fair and i'm not too sure if it's a big, big move to getting Perlo to do um, to manage, uh, but that just seems to be the trend in football. Do you know what I mean? Get one of your, get one of your legends to manage your club and see how things go. I mean, like, yeah, not too um, sure. For me, um, I didn't understand why um, they went after Surrey. Um, I suppose because of his Italian roots. Um, that's mm. obviously why they went after him. Um, but for me, it just didn't make sense. You know, you, you went from Massimo Allegri and you, you went from Antonio Conte to, you know, winners. Um, mm. Guys that played the attacking style, the, the, the Juventus way um, in terms of the three at the back. Um, Revolutionised that, so to speak. And then you went to Sarri, um, you know, someone that wasn't, you know, didn't have the pedigree, someone that didn't have the credibility, you know, a, a win, a winning record behind them. Um, it, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, <coughs> he did well at Napoli, you know, he likes to play a, a, an aggressive style and that suited Napoli. Um, he went to Chelsea, you know, Chelsea have always been that bull, that bullish type of team with an aggressive type of play as well, pace and power. You know, you would like to think that you know Chelsea would have thrived under Sarri, but you know, personally, I don't think he did thrive at, at Chelsea. Yes, he won the Europa League, but you know, to me, I don't think he was that great at Chelsea. You know, his his best managerial uh, record or experience was at Napoli. Um, and then he went to Juventus um, and he tried to play a Surrey ball and it just wasn't working. Um, and I, I just don't understand the appointment. Uh, the Perlo appointment, I understand why they would go after him just because, again, he understands the, the Juventus DNA um, and, you know, his style of football is obviously what they're looking for. 
Um, do I think it's the right time for him? No, um, because he hasn't got the experience. And for me, I've, I've always felt like former players should go out and get the experience in the low leagues or manage a team that you can rebuild so that you can rebuild or, or build your legacy. And once you've established yourself there, then go on to a big team. So such as Steven Gerrard's doing at Rangers, uh, Frank Lampard did at Derby. Um, you know, I'm happy that Xavi didn't take the Barcelona job because he's building something in Qatar. Yes, it's a completely different league, but at least he's doing something over mm. there. You know, and obviously Oli went elsewhere back home and he's he's at United. Um Again, you know, people have difference of opinions in what Oli's doing. And, you know, to be honest, 80% is not his fault because he's not being backed by the board properly. Yes, exactly. You know, it it is what it is. But again, these are examples of guys that's gone away to learn their craft, to build their credibility, to then manage a team. So, you know, this is a lot of pressure on Perlo. You know, like Marjeeb said, the aim for Juventus is to win the Champions League. They haven't won it in a while. I hope the board understands that employing Perlo as their manager is not going to get them to win the Champions League straight away. So it baffles me as to why they would go for Perlo, knowing full well your main aim, you've dominated Serie A for nearly 10 years. The main aim is to win the Champions League. Why would you go for an inexperienced manager knowing full well that in terms of winning the Champions League, he's not going to deliver that straight away? So, you know, that kind of baffles me a bit. Um, In terms of who I would have liked them to to sign, you know, someone like a Diego Simeone, I would have thought that would have been a good appointment for him. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino is available. His name was swirling around, but again, they've ignored him um, and they've gone after Perlo. So, you know, I would like to, to, to see the developments this season with Juventus, um, which leads me to the next question. Who do you think will win the Scudetto? Um, Conte at the moment is, you know, he's struggling with Inter after the backlash that he had last season. He's struggling this season. AC Milan are performing like the old days um, and it's good to see um, Juventus is obviously in a transitional period. Napoli came off of a Coppa Italia win um, in terms of the trophy last season. You know, can Gattuso do something with them this season? Um, Atalanta, who was doing so well last season, is obviously failing this season. So, you know, who 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 is your picks um to win the Scudetto? Um, do you know what? I'm gonna keep mine short uh, and brief because I don't really my knowledge on Serie A isn't amazing, but I'm gonna pick AC Milan. I'm gonna pick AC Milan for um just for the love for their history. Uh and um I'd love I'd like to see them win it. I'd like to see them win it. What do you think? uh... Hmm. For me, I just think it's going to be Juventus again. I know other teams are doing well, but when it it comes to a season, it's over 38 games. And the early start, you know, some teams can play better. Some people, like the team that's on top right now, doesn't make a difference. It's just who's on top around January time. And I feel like 
Juventus just have too much for the other teams. Uh, Inter are a good shout, but I feel like they just got all the Premier League old boys, so I feel like they're their recruitment under Conte has been kind of a joke for me. I feel like they should have got better players to uh, for his system. So I feel like they haven't done enough. Um, AC Milan are doing well for now. Zlatan is is rolling back the years. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what he's taken, but he's um he's been playing very well. Obviously they beat Inter in the derby. He's, he's he's scoring goals and stuff. But I feel like it's just a it's just form. I don't think it's gonna last the whole season. And as for Napoli. They're, they're the nearly men. They'll finish third or fourth, but I don't think... I feel like they're the kind of team that, you know, they're there, but they're never, like, going to reach the summit. They're like they're like Italy's Tottenham kind of thing, you know, like, except they win, they made, they win a cup. But, you know, in terms of the league, they're like, they're like Italy's Tottenham. They're there and thereabouts, but they're just they're something that they just don't get, something that they just don't get to reach the top, in my opinion, so... Yeah, I, I don't think further than Juventus. You know, especially, you're especially. That AC Milan <laughs> I, listen, I love the old old school AC Milan, and I would, I'd love to cut them to come back to their their glory days. But I'm being realistic. Ronaldo's been out with a Corona. He had two two bouts of it, and he's coming back. And I feel like Juventus are going to be a team which. If they see something's going wrong, they they're not afraid to change the manager. They're not afraid to buy in new players, and I feel like around January time we're gonna see them back on top. In my opinion, um, for me, I think I'm, I'm gonna be on on the defense. I'm not gonna lie, um, just because yes, I agree. Ronaldo is back, and you know he proved why he is the best and why they need him when he came back to score twice for them. Um, the guy is not human, man. Uh, he really isn't. To have COVID um, and to come back the way that he, he has, just like Slatan as well, to have COVID mm. and to come back, both of them are just uh, cut from a different cloth. Um, <laughs> it's going to be sad to see them retire, honestly. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I'm up. Juventus could win it, but again, just because they're going through a transition with Perlo, I don't know if they will. Um, AC Milan, you know, out of Inter and AC, I've always been an AC Milan fan. Um, so to to see AC Milan where they're at right now is is good. It's good to see, and I like it. Can they keep it up? I really do hope so. Um, they've never been in this position before for a very long time. Um, since the mid 2000s so you know will this lack of experience in terms of leading Sierra R is it gonna bite them in the butt um, you know who knows maybe it won't because Slatan has been there he's he's reached the summit before um, with Juventus with AC with Inter you know the guys a slot to Sierra R top three teams you know but he's been there before so, you know, and like he said, I'm the coach, I'm the captain, I'm the boss, you know, I'm the best, you know, and someone like that will always lead you to a title. So, again, could they win it? I don't know. Um, Napoli, I agree with Marju, they are an alien, man. You know, so much talent in their team, like a Tottenham, so much talent in their team, but never making it to the finishing hurdle. And Napoli, I do like Napoli. I have a soft spot for Napoli. Um, but 
you know, I, I just don't think they'll make it. So, and and Inter, you know, Conti again, as I said, is struggling. Um, I'll be honest, I, I can't even pick which one. Um, so that's not really a question, unfortunately, I can answer. Um, it's definitely going to be between Juventus and AC Milan, though. Um, my next question, as as I mentioned Ronaldo earlier, just a minute ago, you know, do you think Ronaldo should have left? You know, they didn't win the, the Champions League. He's been there for, what, two years now? Um, this is going on his third year. You know, the aim was for him to win the Champions League. He hasn't done it. Um, do you guys think he should have left? Uh, Margie, what do you think? It's an interesting one because for, for me, I think about if he's going to leave, where would he go? And then I think about the teams he could go to and I, I don't really see that many Like in terms of if he wants to still have a chance to win something. I mean, what he's done it in England, he's done it in Spain and Italy. So the only two places he can go, what, France and Germany. I don't see a German team that would want him. I don't see a, uh, I only see maybe PSG that would could afford to, to spend that kind of money on him. But even them, they've, 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 they're kind of dealing with FFP and the rules and stuff like that. And, and I haven't really spent the same amount of money like that. If you look at their recent signings when after they bought Neymar and Mbappe, like if you look at the players that they have around them, um, they're not as good as you, as you expect them to be. And you could see that by them losing to United in the Champions League and, and the way they play in Champions League football, like even in the final they just weren't the same level in terms of the players they had. So, um, I don't know, maybe PSG, but for me, I feel like he needs to stay there because it, it's it's more of a thing that I feel that's probably one of his best chances to win the Champions League with Juventus. They don't really have to focus on this Serie A too tough. I mean, I know they have a new manager now and, and I think that might be... That might actually be a good thing because he might have more influence on on the way the team plays and maybe they go through him more often rather than sorry bull which obviously sorry is the is a very kind of a how would you say stubborn manager so he doesn't like to change he doesn't have a, a second game plan and i think that's why Juventus didn't do well in the champions league because if if game plan a doesn't work he just sticks at it until until the wheels fall off so for me, with Perlo, a young manager in, him being one of the senior players, I feel like I think this is the best place where you can have some influence, you know, like the Lionel Messi type influence of who to sign, who to bring in, who to play, and maybe have a more hands-on approach when it came, comes to winning. But if if he leaves um, Juventus now, I think the only place he should go is maybe America or somewhere like that just to retire if he's leaving. But... Um, if he still believes that he's of that elite level, he should just stay until he can win a Champions League again. I think he, he needs maybe one more, one more Champions League, maybe one more Ballon d'Or type season, and then he can, you know, he can go and go America and you know, sip on tequila, go LA or New York or whatnot, Miami, go to uh, Beckham's team, you know, just relax for the rest of his life. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Alan? Um. I see him staying for one more year, I reckon. Like like Manji said, like Juventus is probably his best shout in regards to winning the Champions League because that's probably their so so their biggest aim. Uh and like Marjorie was saying, like 
they probably feel like they have the league, so they probably want to concentrate on the um, Champions League. But I feel like if he was to go again, I'm just like I feel like I'm just going to repeat Maji, but I feel like PSG may be the only way he can go. If not, um, I'd like to see him. I like. I mean, like likely if I if I was a betting man, which I am, um, I probably <laughs> would put money on him finishing his career in the MLS. But I'd like to see him, um, you know, maybe go back to Portugal. Maybe, to I don't United. know. Maybe go back to United. Do you know what I mean? It's happened, man. Gareth Bale come back. Um, trying to think of who else has come back uh, to their old team. But uh, no, nah, man, it'd be fucking brilliant to have Ronaldo back in the Premier League. Just to, just for bants, I guess, man. Because it's already fucking banter over Man United at the moment. So might as well mix, put that into the mix. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, man, if he had to, I reckon one more year in Juventus, uh, Champions League this year, if he can. If not, he's probably going to be on his way to whoever can pay his wages, PSG. Um, and if he's feeling like he's on a downward trajectory to his thing, I don't know, MLS, yeah, just like what Marjorie was saying. Uh, but um, yeah, it would be nice to see him in the Premier League. Yeah. To be, to be fair, I thought he was going to go to the MLS this season, you know. There was a lot of rumours suggesting that he would. And to be fair, in terms of um, um, commercially and superstardom, um, I guess it makes sense for him to go to America anyway. Uh, like mm. Marjub said, go to LA Galaxy or even just join Beckham in terms of the Inter-Miami, um, mm. that United connection sort of, sort of thing. But yeah, I think he definitely would go to, to the MLS. I know he has spoken about America and doing deals out there. And to be honest, in terms of marketing himself, you know, he's very marketable. Um, He's a good-looking guy, you know, and and that's the sort of appearance, he has the sort of appearance that America would like to market on um, Mm. and use him. You know, he's got that David Beckham-esque type grooming and also superstardom. So he could, you know, generate a lot of views and money um, so yeah. I believe that will be his next stomping ground. Um, and then I know he did say that he would go back home to Portugal and play for Sporting Lisbon. So I, I guess in terms of career, I think he's already set out a plan in terms of where his next moves is. It's just, you know, us trying to figure out when he's going to move. And the frustration that he displayed last season, I thought it was going to be this year, but... I guess with Perlo, Perlo's brought uh, a new lease of life in all of these players. So, mm. you know, maybe he might give it one year, as you said, Alan. Um, but yeah, I would like to see him go to the MLS. Um, and I would like to see Lino Messi go to the MLS as well. And, you know, them two play against each other one one last time. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's my thoughts. Um, the... the Last question that I was going to ask you guys is, uh, well, the last two. But the main one is, uh, why do you think uh, Juventus is uh, failing to win the Champions League? Um, for for me, I'll be honest with you. I, I thought I had the answers as to why Juventus is failing to win the Champions League. But the same question could be asked for 
PSG, but I think for PSG, it's generally obvious as to why they're failing um, in terms of, you know, just the division that they're in. There's not really any competition. With Juventus now, for me, I think the only obvious key factor as to why they're not winning it is an ageing reason. Um, majority of their players are all old. Um, and as we all know, football is a young man's game, which is why Frank Lampard's gone on to sign so many young guys for Chelsea. You know, Liverpool has, has invested heavily in youth in terms of graduating the youth prospects from the academy, um, the youth reserves into the first team. You know, United's always been a prime believer in, in youth throughout the years, all the way down from Fergie. Um, Arsenal's always been a, a youth stomping ground as well. So, you know, football's always a young man's game. You know, Dortmund has a young team. You know, RB Leipzig has a young team. You know, if you want to stay ahead of time, then youth freshens up the team. You mm. get more legs whether it's in midfield, whether it's in defence, whether it's in striking, the youthful legs, pace and power, you know, the, the the enthusiasm on the ball will take you a long way than someone who's very ageing, seasoned on the legs, you know, their, their mobility and agility is a bit, you know, a step behind, you know, they're more using their intelligence, but if you've got a quick, nippy player, then... You know, intelligence can only take you so far. So for me, in a Champions League where teams like Liverpool, Dortmund, RB Leipzig, they all play an aggressive style. Um, Dortmund, the young team, playing an aggressive style. Uh, Man City play a nice footballing attacking style, um, but it works for them. You know, Juventus, they rely heavily on experience. And yes, experience is good, as we all know, to win trophies. But sometimes youth gets you a step at a game. And um, I think for me, that's why I believe Juventus isn't winning a Champions League anytime soon. Because they're relying too much heavily on youth, on experience instead of youth um, energy. Um, and that's my reasoning. Um, Alan, what, what would your reasoning be? Yeah, man, I completely agree. They've got two, their average age of their team is just too high. They need to bring in the youth. Uh, uh, I've read Ferguson, Ferguson, Alex Ferguson's uh, book. Um, he's recent, I don't say, say recent, it was a few years back, about leadership and his time in Man United. And he said that the um, best way to kind of build a team in regards to their age is to have a balance, um, have a you know, young players coming up, but you still have those aging, experienced players. But the reason why I feel like they might not necessarily, they, they're not coming in and winning the Champions League is I think the competitiveness of their league. I reckon the Premier League is probably the most competitive league. After that, you're probably looking at La Liga then probably Bundesliga, then probably Serie A, and, and then you're looking at Ligue 1. And those are the leagues, those are the teams that generally go into the finals. Liverpool have been in it in the last two seasons. Tottenham was in it. Um, I mean, La Liga have been running the show for a long time, like with Barca, uh, Madrid. Um, 
And I just reckon it's just how the competitiveness, in my opinion, is the competitiveness of the leagues. The more competitive your league is, the more chance you will in getting into the finals um, because you have that pedigree um, as such. But um, yeah, that's what, that's what I think. Marjorie, what about you? Uh, for me, uh, the major reason I'm looking at their recent uh, team, they do have some young talent. They got Arthur. Um, who else they have? That they Marai. They have uh, who else? McKenney. They do have some young players that are coming through. But at the same time, I feel like the major issue for them was recruitment. For me, they should have gone over somewhat con and got someone like Cassandra Tonali. I don't know why they still have why they haven't gone for uh, Duna Rumor because they still have Buffon in goal and he's what in his forties now. I feel like yeah, exactly. So for Juventus, I feel like they need to get the best of the young Italian talent that's coming through, and I feel like their recruitment is their biggest issue, especially in recent years. Obviously, bringing in Sari for only one season and and him obviously he he needs like a Jorginho type player in order for his system to truly work, and they never got him. So that's why last season failed. And I feel like last season was the only season for Juventus in recent seasons that has been competitive or any sort of competition. So I think that's another issue that they have, that their own league isn't hasn't been great for the last 10, 15 years. Like ever since the scandal of the uh, match fixing, the Italian league hasn't just been the same. And it's only recent, uh, only had a really, really, really uh, recent uprise. So for me, it's just, it's the major issue for them is recruitment, competition. And I feel like, if if they want to recruit youth, they've got some. There's there's some young Italian guys out there that that they should have got. I mean, like how are they letting a Tonali go to Milan? How are they not getting a Donnarumma? How are they not getting these type of players? How are they not um look scouting the world for the for the best youth talent? Like the 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 when the Italian league was at its at its cream crop, they were getting the best South American youth players like from Brazil and Argentina. And bringing them in, and the way the Spanish league is right now, and how it's like so weak, this is probably the best time that they can recruit those type of players because they don't want to. Them players aren't really going to Spain as much anymore. Like you see, youth talent there, and then the other thing is, I feel like youth talent is more likely to go to Germany or England in terms of England in terms of the money and Germany in terms of the um, in terms of the, the the development style. So I feel like they need to create an atmosphere where they can develop these players and, and, and relying on all the players, as you said, will just stifle young talent, just like how... And and maybe maybe Ronaldo isn't the option. Maybe getting rid of Cristiano and, and just starting afresh might be the thing that they need to do rather than relying on someone of that age and ilk. Like, because I feel like they've got, they've got guys there and I feel the other thing is their recruitment of management as well. I don't know why they went for Sari when Pochettino was available. For me, him alongside Dybala, he he's he's got a very good connection with Argentinian players, and he could have brought some young Italian talent, young Argentinian talent through, and you know with his connections, and I think that could have been something good for them. So, yeah, there's just the ownerships just don't know what they want to do in terms of in terms of recruitment, in terms of management. So it's just a mixture of all these things, and I feel like if you look at Bayern Munich, they're they're from the top to the bottom, they're all on song. Even if you look at PSG, what they've been doing, they've been spending enough money. So, and they've got some young young ballers up front. So that's why they're good. Even Red Bull Leipzig, and Atlanta, 
who are doing well, they've they've shown that they that through recruitment and the the style of play they can make it to the later rounds. So it's just all about trying to find what you actually want to do. You know, have a set plan from the sporting director, have an actual style that he wants to play or the type of manager he wants, and then having everything in sync. And I think last season, especially, it wasn't in sync. I don't think the club liked the sorry ball, and I don't know. And I think that's probably why they got rid of him so easily. So it's just about finding the style of play they want to play, getting the recruitment right. And I think putting all that together, then they should be fine. Mm. Okay. And lastly, um, who is your favourite Italian team? Um, So for me, uh, as I stated, AC Milan, AC and Inter um, were my faves, Um, mainly AC, um, just because of the love of the, the great, AC Milan team, Shevchenko, Crespo, Inzaghi, the greatest goal poacher of all time, um, you know, Perlo, uh, Kaka, Gattuso, Seydorf, Maldini, Nesta, mm. Cafu, uh, Dida, um, Serginino, you know, they had great players in their team. Um so for me, they they will they will always be my favorite, um, and just to to see the decline in that team um, was just was just sad to see. Um, but now you know we're seeing a renaissance due to Ibrahimovic returning. Um, so you know it's good it's good to see. You know I'm I'm really happy to see AC finally start to rebuild their their, their credibility back. In terms of a soft spot, as I said, Napoli really had a soft spot for Napoli, especially when Sarri was there. Um, Napoli played some amazing football under Sarri. He really got them ticking. Um, I'm I'm surprised he didn't win a trophy with them because that's how deadly they were. You know, they had pace, they had power, um, they had the goals. I think they were the highest scoring team in that division when Sarri was there. Um, so Sarri ball does work. Um, but again, as as Marjeeb said, it has to be an underdog team. Um, so yeah, the, so Napoli, I have a soft spot for. Um, so I always make sure that I look out for Napoli. Probably not so much now, just because Gattuso's there and I'm not a fan of Gattuso. I, I don't like the guy. Uh, I think he's a dirty player. Um, I don't like the guy, but um, yeah, I've, that that would be the team I have a soft spot for. Um, what's what's you guys' uh, favorite team, Italian team? Mate, I'll keep mine short and simple, man. It's exactly exactly what you said, man. In regards, it's AC Milan. Uh, I love everything in regards to their past players. You literally named every single fucking one of them. Uh, just want to say, like Kaka, mate, amazing on the ball. Like and again, just what you said. But for uh, I pick I like Katuso because of that thing because he'd always make it a fight. If I mean I don't know if he if he ever played against Roy Keane. I'm trying to think if we ever if Roy Keane and Katuso ever matched up. I don't think he did. I think um, I think Roy he Keane was it, yeah. So I feel like know, Roy Keane and maybe have left. What was just, the what was the year that um. 
uh, Kaka dub stop for you guys? That was 2006-2007 season. I think so, right? Yeah, potentially, yeah. Roy Keane left then. Yeah, I think he was gone by then. I think he left around about oh, a few years man. before then. Yeah, so I don't imagine if we had those two playing, it would have been well entertaining. But um, also everything else, uh, the kit's fucking beautiful. Um, oh, yeah. Today's kit, they, they, this year's kit, I kind of wanted to get. Uh, but also like everything to do with the San Siero, mate, just having two big clubs here, that's an iconic stadium as well. Um, and if I had to like have a soft spot for another team uh, and don't really know much about the team except for oh, I forgot his name this is gonna okay. I think uh, Tony used to play there um, Florentina uh, just for their oh, lovely yeah. kit their lovely kit man their purple kit um, but yeah mate AC Milan a little soft spot for Florentina because of that just classic 90s purple kit with the Nintendo logo on it I wish I could get that, man. It's fabulous. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, for me, yeah, I'd echo similar statements. For me, the, the top three, the the early 2000s was a great period for Italian football, as I said, before the match-fixing scandal and all that. So if you look at the 2003 Champions League final and you look at the Juventus team, Turam... Who else? Uh, who else? Sam Brotta, Egder Davids, Del Piero, Trezeguet, even a, a young Anto Antonio Conte on the bench. Then you look at Milan, you got what D does. It's Maldini, Nesta, Sadov, Perlo, Gattuso, Shevchenko, Rui Costa. And then if you look in the, even in, in some land back in the days, what Hernan Crespo, Zanetti, uh, 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 a young uh, young kind of Maro, like the, 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 the quality of players that they had back then. In terms of, as I said, the the young up and coming, uh, not just European but like Argentinian Brazilians. Even when Ronaldinho was at AC Milan, and he was I was in it up there. Like for me, those three teams in general and Italian football in general was uh, like even the Lazio's, the Roma's, the the Fiorentinas. The, the all of the teams were just of of high high quality, and I feel like that 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 scandal just just deteriorated that league obviously Juventus got relegated things got messy and stuff like that and I think it's just only recently where we've seen them actually come back to being a decent league again but in terms of soft spot I gotta say Roma for me uh for me Roma is is a team that I have a soft spot for uh Totti that that main man like the things that he did for that club over his period of time, uh, I always loved their kits, especially the ones that, you know, when they didn't have the sponsors in the middle, they always had the best kits for me in Italy throughout the years. And I, and yeah, finally, yeah, Milan, man, AC Milan, I've got the kit on. Yeah, I went to San Siro, it's a beautiful stadium. Um, I'm sad to see that it's it's, it's getting knocked down. Mm. It's uh, that There's a lot of history in that stadium. The, the derbies back in the day, Another Inter Milan player that I used to, an Inter Milan player that I loved was Adriano, and his left foot. Right, just like if you if you just think about the players that they had back in the day, it's just it just it just brings a tear to your eye. Of man, it's just, it's just not the same. It's just not the same as it used to be. And yeah, early two thousands Italian football was the one. Yeah. Yeah, man. Alright, so on that note, we're going to uh, leave the show there, um, and Thursday, we'll be back on Thursday, 
um, because the government has decided to uh, give us a national lockdown, um, we'll be doing an earlier podcast time, um, which to be fair might be beneficial because then everyone will all be on. Um, so yeah, we will decide what time. But everyone keep a lookout because Thursday we will be previewing uh, the Premier League fixtures over the weekend, uh, predicting our results. Um, again, if people want to uh, watch, look out for the progress of uh, last week's predicted results and want to see who is where, then the link will be below um, in the description. Um, Thursday's topic, we're going to discuss the Bundesliga. Um, and it's fitting, actually, because um, I believe I saw Bayern Munich win 6-2. Um I think, or it might have been Salzburg. No, it was definitely Bayern Munich, I think. But yeah, so um, yeah, now's a good time to talk about Bayern Munich. Um, and, uh, well, not Bayern Munich, but the German German League. And uh, yeah, um, hopefully all four of us will be here. So it will be good to hear everyone's opinion on a Thursday. And uh, yeah, everyone stay tuned. Also, um, Abdullah's show, uh, Marjeev's show will also be in the link in the description. Um, take a look, support that show as well. It's a really good show uh, discussing uh, life and just his opinion on just everything that's happening in the world and in general. Um, so it's your boy Luke signing out, aka Luciano. Up the Reds, we won 5 0 today. Man City prepared for being this weekend signing out. Maggie. Yeah, no. Yeah, another great show. Obviously, sorry I'm late. I missed the talking about my team. Uh, great win on the weekend. I'm not going to get too into that. You know, we smashed up early like we do. But, you know, I just like to, you know, do just one thing before I go. This is all for, for all the United fans right now. Hey, we're having a party, United fans. You need some healing right now. Yeah, put me in his back pocket right now. I said, I, I, I backed you. This is this is what you deserve. This is what you deserve tonight. I backed you. You know what? Yeah, it's a party time. I had to bring that back one more time. But yeah, no. Oh man. I know <laughs> that. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and on that note, I'm Alan, also known as Alan, and uh, prepare for uh, a nil-nil Everton and Man United game. Looking forward to it. Boring football for the meanwhile. But uh, hey, we'll kill it in, we'll kill it in Champions League. But, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see. You know what, also, actually, you know what, before we finish it, Man United do good against big teams, and Arsenal not a big team in it, so... Yeah. That is a true point. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired, but that is a very true point. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, peace out, people. Peace. See ya.